Well, good morning. Welcome to Mayflower Congregational Church. We are glad you are here. It's lovely to see each and every one of you and your smiling faces. And for those who are joining us virtually as well, welcome. We're glad you're here. Hope you've had a lovely Thanksgiving holiday. A bit of uh, family news in our church family. Uh, Marsha White passed away last week, and so we prayerfully give our condolences and comfort to Jonathan and his family in this time of grief. And now I'd like to invite you to greet one another with the traditional exchange of peace. The peace of Christ be with you. Let us share God's peace with one another. Good morning. As you came through the atrium this morning, I hope you noticed our Advent Word of the Day display. Each year during Advent, our youth groups participate in hashtag AdventWord, an inspirational online Advent calendar. A list of daily words for prayer and meditation is published in October, and we create Instagram posts related to these words. This year, we challenge the group to paint these words. Their paintings are displayed in the atrium during this Advent season, and they'll also be featured on our daily posts on Instagram. So if you'd like, please follow along at Mayflower Youth. In the P-Racks in front of you this morning and online, you can find our envelopes for your poinsettia orders for this year. Orders will be accepted until December 9th. Our Advent kicks, season kicks off this week with our annual Advent Alive event this Wednesday during midweek. All are invited to come and make Christmas crafts with your children, your grandchildren, or bring your neighbors. It's great fun. Our Advent outreach is a reverse Advent calendar this year. Please pick up this calendar, which is attached to a grocery bag. You will see food listed on each day that is a pantry item. Every day, you add one of these pantry items to the bag, and then on Christmas Eve, we will bring all of our bags to the service as our offering. These items will be given to Safe Haven Ministries and their food pantry. If you are a visitor today, we would love to meet you and give you a gift. At the Welcome Center, you will find a box of cookies from Paul's Mom's Cookies. Please come grab some cookies and say hello. And we'll know if you're a member and not a visitor. Mm-hmm. There are so many other amazing holiday events happening this month. Please take your bulletins home and mark your calendars. I'd now like to invite Dr. Julia Brown to share our moment for music. There is no moment for music, so I'm not sure what's next.
During this Advent reading and candle lighting, please note that we will all speak together the words in bold in your bulletin. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. On this first Sunday in Advent, we light the hope candle as we wait and hope. By grace he came, in power he rose. We wait for Christ to come again. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise that I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, God will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Make known to us your ways, O Lord. Teach us your paths. Lead us in your truth and teach us, for you are the God of our salvation. For you we wait all day long. Be present with us, God, throughout the Advent season as we live and worship in our wait for the one who is the world's light.
Let us pray. To you, Lord, we lift up our heads, hearts, and hands in prayer. We put our trust in you, believing that your word is true. We lift up to you our longing for hope in a despairing world. We lift up to you our need for hope in a time of deep hopelessness. We lift up to you our deep desire for hope in the midst of our darkness. Strengthen our faith in Jesus Christ, who is the hope of the world. In his name we pray. Amen. During this Advent season, as we all wait together and we all prepare together, let us confess our sins together as found in your bulletin. Merciful God, always with us, always coming. We confess that we do not know how to prepare for your Advent. We have forgotten how to hope in miracles. We have ignored the promise of your kingdom. We get distracted by all the busyness of this season. Forgive us, God. Grant us the simple wonder of the shepherds, the intelligent courage of the Magi, and the patient faith of Mary and Joseph, that we may journey with them to Bethlehem and find the good news of a child born to us. Now, in the quiet of our hearts, we ask you to make us ready for his coming. Amen. In the name of the one God who lives and moves among us, you are forgiven. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. Do not worry. Live in peace. Amen. Please be seated.
I'd like to invite all the children worshiping with us to come forward for the children's message this morning. Good morning. Hi, friend. Come on up. So this morning is the first Sunday of Advent. We have four Sundays before Christmas Eve. And so the word for today is hope. And so when you look up the word hope, there are some different definitions. One says believing that good things will happen. And another says looking on the bright side and seeing challenges as opportunities. So now when you look at that second definition and say challenges as opportunities, I think of something very specific at Christmas time. Christmas lights. And if you look, everyone in the pews are smiling because Christmas lights are challenges. They are opportunities. They do get tangled. So the first year that Mr. Cooley and I got married, we got married and then we bought a house. And this house had a ton of trees in the yard. So he and I went to Lowe's and we bought tons of white Christmas lights because we thought we are going to be amazing first homeowners. So we bought the Christmas lights, which were super expensive. And then we went out in our front yard and we wrapped all of our trees with all of the lights. And we're like, we are amazing. So then we went to get the extension cords, and then we went to plug it in, and we had done it all opposite. So what should have been at the bottom of the tree, the plug, was at the top of all the trees. So we had two choices. We either left them and didn't turn them on that year, or we got up the next morning, we unwrapped all the trees, rewrapped them the right way, and plugged them all in, and it worked. So as we go through Advent and through Christmas, there are many challenges that sometimes occur, no matter if you're seven years old or you're 70 years old. So often, though, we have to remember the story of Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, that all their challenges ended up being the best opportunity that we ever could have had. So when you see those Christmas lights, remember the word hope. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, we are so thankful. We are so thankful to be here to start this Advent season together, that you are in our hearts and that you will bring that hope to us no matter where we are. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, friends, we are all going to do Sunday school together today. Parents, we will be in the youth room after church to pick up your kids so we can go. This morning's scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 68 through 79, and can be found beginning on page 724 in the Pew Bibles, page 724. 
Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way before, for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into a path of peace. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. What are your fears right now? Anyone want to raise your hand and tell us your deepest fears this morning? <laughs> no takers? Okay, no, just kidding. But seriously, think about it. What do you find yourself afraid of? Being alone? Getting sick? Like really sick? Uh, maybe you're afraid that your job will continue to grow and it already feels like it's too much. Maybe... You're fearful as you hear rumors of an economic recession and you think of your business. Whatever those fears may be, we carry them along with us and often we don't even really notice them. But they're there and they pull us down. As we've said, this is the first week of Advent and it's a season of waiting. But the type of waiting is interesting here. It's not like you have to wait unexpectedly you know imagine you're uh, you're doing your grocery shopping and you you know bring your cart up to the front and you find there's only one checkout open and there's 17 people in line and you think oh, i didn't I, I didn't know i was going to have to wait this is going to be a long time no it's it's not quite like that it's like waiting when you know that a change is coming but you're not sure exactly when that's advent it reminds us that we sit in darkness, we ache, we long for more, and we know that light will come. We know it will change things for us, and so we wait. Our scripture passage for today is what's commonly called Zechariah's song. Now, it is actually a song in the original language, and he sings about the promises of God, those promises that were showing up right there in his life. And what God was doing was so big, he couldn't just speak it, he had to sing it. 
But hold on, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's rewind the story a bit and see how we got here. Well, here is the situation. God's people hadn't heard from him in 400 years. No new word from the Lord. Nothing. God's people Israel had a king. His name was Herod. But he was terrible. He's the opposite of the good king that they had been promised by God. King Herod was in Rome's pocket. He didn't watch out for his people. Instead, he wanted to impress Caesar. In fact, he sure acted a whole lot like Caesar. I mean, you you probably know this story. When he heard that a rival king had been born in Bethlehem, he ordered all the baby boys to be killed. He's not good. He's not godly. And for the people, hope of a righteous king seemed farther away than ever. With all of that, the people were sitting in darkness. Now, that's the historical context. Let's zoom in on this couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah is a priest. Elizabeth is from a family of priests. But Zechariah is a rural country priest. He serves God out in some small backwater town that no one really cares about. Now, Zechariah was in it for the right reasons. Some priests in that day were in it for the benefits, but not him. Well, Zechariah and Elizabeth really loved the Lord. But blamelessness and piety didn't lead to blessedness in some ways. They desperately wanted to have kids, but Elizabeth couldn't. And they had lived through long years of disappointment. I mean, put yourself in that situation. Imagine praying for a baby every day for decades and getting nothing but silence from God. Well, silence seemed to be going around a lot at that time. In fact, Zechariah and Elizabeth had waited so long that they'd pretty much given up on the idea of parenthood. Well, as a priest in what was really a complex religious system, Zechariah had several duties. And one of his duties was to go serve in Jerusalem at the temple, running things for the whole week. This would happen twice a year on a rotation. Every priest in all of Israel would have two weeks where they would go to the main temple in Jerusalem. And Zechariah had a team, and his team's week was coming up. But Zechariah won the lottery to do something really special. This, This task was a really big deal. Only a handful of fortunate people ever got to do it. It's almost like being selected to be an astronaut. He got the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be the priest who goes into the inner temple where no one is ever allowed. He goes in alone and offers the sacrifice. So Zechariah gets this call. And I imagine in the lead-up to this day, he's preparing. 
right? He runs through the ceremonial steps in his head over and over and over again. First I do this, and then I, I touch this, and then I do... He's got it nailed down. This is a big deal. He's nervous, but he's also excited. So after all this buildup, after all this anticipation... He steps into the temple for the biggest moment of his life as a priest. It's supposed to be empty, but there's an angel in there, right? <laughs> I imagine like, this wasn't in the priest manual. <laughs> Index A for angel. No, um, <laughs> what do I do? He's terrified. He forgets everything. And the angel says to him, as, as angels always do in, in Scripture, do not be afraid. I always sort of laugh at that, right? Sure, there's this majestic, terrifying angel standing in front of me, but yeah, I'll just be super calm, <laughs> super chill. No, he's, he's freaking out. And so the angel says to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or, small, or strong drink. Even before his birth, he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord, the angel says. So Zechariah is not only getting a child from God, but this child was going to be a great prophet. Well, Zechariah and Elizabeth had gotten used to waiting and to being disappointed. In fact, so had all of God's people that they had had a long advent of 400 years. But now God was sending a child who would bring an end to the waiting, both for this couple and for Israel. The child would prepare the way for the Messiah. God was about to do something really big. But Zechariah, he'd become a bit skeptical over the years. Maybe a little jaded, a little cynical. So remember the scene we're in, right? He is literally talking to an angel of the Lord. And the angel tells him he's going to become a father of a great prophet. And Zechariah's like, well, are you sure? I mean, I know you're an angel of the Lord and all, and I, I suppose God can do anything. But my wife and I are like really old. Like way too old for babies. Uh, maybe you're an angel. Do you even know how human reproduction works? <laughs> that ship has sailed for us. And it's funny, the angel basically replies, you need to stop talking for a while. Be silent and watch God work. And then the angel makes Zechariah mute. He can't talk. So he's been in this inner sanctuary, has this exchange with the angel. He, the angel takes away his ability to speak. And he comes out of the temple, and he's supposed to finish the service. He's supposed to say the benediction and bless the people and send them on their way. 
but he can't speak a word. I mean, imagine at the end of the service, it's like. Well, Elizabeth responds much better. She's been faithfully serving God for decades. She's been waiting and she has no hint of skepticism. No, she rejoices. Well, let's fast forward in the story just a bit here. Elizabeth gives birth to her baby boy. And on the eighth day, it comes time for her circumcision. And that's when you're supposed to give an infant a name. Now, remember, Zachariah had been told to name this baby John, but he can't talk. (laughs) And the cultural custom of the day was that a child would receive a family name. So, you know, these people are waiting, like, what should we name this baby? And Zachariah can't talk. So they're like, well, let's just give him the name Zachariah Jr., Why aren't you saying anything? Elizabeth speaks up and she says, no, his name is supposed to be John. And everyone's like, but there's no John in your family. That's not how this works. You're supposed to take a family name. And Zechariah is frustrated and he still can't speak. So finally he gets something, he writes it out. J-O-H-N. And at that moment, when he names the boy... He gets his speech back. And he doesn't speak pessimism this time, but he speaks praise, praise to God. God keeps his promises. Well, Zechariah at that point is filled with the Holy Spirit and out comes the song that we heard in our scripture passage. It's a song about John the Baptist and Jesus. John will point to Jesus, and Jesus will save us. So I'd like you to listen to the song again, but this time in a different English translation. This is what Zechariah sings. Blessed be the Lord, Israel's God. He's come to his people and bought them their freedom. He's raised up a horn of salvation for us in David's house, the house of his servant, Just as he promised through the mouths of his prophets, the holy ones speaking from ages of old. Salvation from our enemies, rescue from hatred, mercy to our ancestors, keeping his holy covenant. He swore an oath to Abraham, our father, to give us deliverance from fear and from foes. So we might worship him holy and righteous, before his face to the end of our days. You, child, will be called the prophet of the highest one. Go ahead of the Lord, preparing his way, letting his people know of salvation through the forgiveness of all their sins. The heart of our God is full of mercy. That's why his daylight has dawned from on high bringing light to the dark as we sat in death's shadow, guiding our feet in the path of peace. Quite the song. 
And he's singing about what it looks like when the Messiah comes. We're going to be rescued. God will show mercy. He remembers his promises. No more fear, but instead light and peace. The Messiah will set the world right, and the Messiah will make our hearts right. He's everything we've been waiting for. And isn't that what we really want? That's what God's salvation brings. We are saved from our fears. The light comes to our darkness. We find peace. But that salvation that God promises, that salvation that he brings with the Messiah, that doesn't come in the way of the world. See, in the world's approach, you're saved from your enemies by destroying them. You're saved from those who hate you by hating them back. Hate the haters. You're saved from fear in the way of the world by sacrificing everything for some security. That sort of salvation is from the Caesars. But the Messiah was going to be different. See, The way of the Caesars doesn't bring light and peace. So let's go back to King Herod, the Caesar wannabe, and consider the way that Herod the Great ended his life. He had ruled for four decades, but he hadn't been saved. He's paranoid that people are out to steal his power. He's full of fear. He suspects everyone. He's all alone. No, the Messiah shows us a different way. Not a sword, but with the word of God. Not through bloody war, but through a new way of peace we are to walk. He leads us not with might, but with light. The light of his life and his teachings. And as the rest of the gospel goes on to show us, he brings an upside-down kingdom. One that's the exact opposite of the way of the Caesars. But it's a hard kingdom to grasp sometimes. His disciples had problems with it. He teaches them to love their enemies. And they're kind of dumbfounded by that. They can't fathom that this new way of peace would lead to him dying on a cross. And remember, when things got intense and they were very afraid, they got out their swords and started cutting down their enemies with violence. But Jesus says, put away your swords. And he brings healing, even to the wounds that they had caused. Now this Jesus, he guides our feet into the path of peace and it gets him killed. The powers crush him. But he comes back from the grave. And you know what? When he does, one of the very first things he says is peace. So there's no way to peace. There's only the way of peace. 
There's no way to use power and force to get peace. There is only one who brings us peace. And he leads us towards peace as we follow him and become more like him. So you and me, we're like Zechariah. We wait and we hold on to hope. Hope and trust in God's promises. We can still be a little skeptical like him sometimes, I think. We still trudge through the darkness like he did. And sometimes we only get silence from God like he did. And sometimes we should stop talking for a little while. But I can tell you this. God continues to work. And he continues to keep his promises to you. So in Advent, we wait. Brothers and sisters, let us wait well. Let us not seek to control our lives. Let us not seek power. But let us follow the one who is in control. The one who gives us hope. The one whose story is told in the rest of the gospel. Because I assure you, and Zechariah would tell you as well, he's worth waiting for. Amen.
In your bulletin, you'll find the Apostles' Creed. Let's speak together this ancient summary of the great truths of our Christian faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. We now bring our offerings before the Lord, and I invite you as disciples of Jesus and followers of the Lord into Christian giving, both as a way of life and as an act of worship that we do on Sunday mornings. So ushers, please come forward.
Lord, we lift up these gifts to you from generous hearts. We ask that you might find them pleasing, that you might use them to bring your kingdom further to this earth, that in all things you might receive the glory. For it is in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Loving God, on this first Sunday in Advent, we come to you with hope. We come to you with hope and joy for the coming Advent season. We lift up to you our hearts of gratefulness and joy, but also with sadness and prayer for those who are experiencing difficulty. We pray for Paula Gaylord, who was a member of this staff for many years and lovingly taught our children. She is now undergoing chemotherapy. Please bring her your comfort and your peace as she goes through this journey. We pray this morning for the president of this nation, for the governor of our state, and for all in authority over us. Grant them wisdom as they lead and govern. Guide their decisions toward what is good, what is just, what is right, and give them the courage and strength to work for the good of this society amidst a climate of fierce division and distrust. Give us humility, compassion, and understanding. God, send us peace and justice. Lord, we pray for those who suffer quietly while surrounded by the festivities of the holidays. Encourage those who are lonely in the season of gatherings and surround them with your holy presence. Lift up those who are oppressed by poverty and, in this time of celebration, provide them joy along with their daily bread. Comfort those who carry the weight of difficult relationships in their homes and with their families, a burden which feels all the heavier this time of year. Give your peace and healing to those who struggle with mental health, especially in this holiday season that easily exacerbates their afflictions. God of mercy, give strength and faith to all who are weighed down with pain and darkness. As we enter this Advent season, each day brings us closer to the darkest night of the year, and we are reminded of how much we need your light in our lives and in our world. Help us to watch and wait for your coming. We long for your light, and we wait for all things to be made right. And now we will prayerfully sing together the response that is found in your bulletin.
And now let us close by praying together the Lord's Prayer as found in your bulletin. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. To wherever God has called you this week, go and hope. The Christ is coming. We didn't hope. Thanks be to God.